You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the second consecutive year in the wild card round, the Cincinnati Bengals rely on a huge defensive turnover late in the game to get them a huge postseason win. Last year was Jermaine Pratt with the game ceiling interception against the Raiders. And this... This year, holy moly, It uh, play, the Bengals' defense is playing a little bit of volleyball. Logan Wilson batting that ball out of Tyler Huntley's hands at the end there. Sam Hubbard returning it all the way to the end zone for a touchdown. And the Cincinnati Bengals come out victorious in the wild card round 24-17 over their division rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. It is very late for a lot of you right now as we go live. I appreciate all of you who are joining live. 130 <laughs> 1:30 a.m. Eastern time, a little bit earlier on my neck of the, in my neck of the woods here in the West Coast. I appreciate all of you uh, tuning in either after the fact or if you're tuning in now, maybe you are getting a nice night of sleep after all of that. Holy moly! Hey, we got someone from France joining us, Matthew. Holy moly, from France! Thank you so much, Matthew. Good to see you. 7:30 a.m. out there. Oh wow! Appreciate appreciate you tuning in. Hey, look, we're gonna get to the box score. We're gonna get to some of the things we usually do here. I just want to say a couple of prefacing comments for this game here. I think a lot of folks went into this one thinking, hey. Not necessarily a cakewalk, but this is going to be something where the Cincinnati Bengals get in here and take care of business pretty easily because Lamar Jackson is on the sidelines. We don't really know who's going to play quarterback. You thought it was going to be Tyler Huntley. Maybe they were going to mix it up and mix them both in. I, you know, who kind of knew at this point? But I, I got to tell you, number one, I, I, you got to tip your cap to both of these teams here. And when... Let's go back to earlier in the day and you go back to the the Buffalo Bills game and the Miami Dolphins game. And that was another one, third string quarterback playing in that one for Miami. And you felt like, oh man, it's in Buffalo, third string quarterback. No to a no Teddy. And man, this was just going to be an absolute cakewalk for the Buffalo Bills. Well, they barely squeaked by in that one. And, And the narrative going into Sunday night was, man, if the Bengals could beat the Baltimore Ravens, it doesn't look like the Buffalo Bills are that strong of a team. 
right? Oh, they, they barely beat a third string quarterback. They barely did it at home. Here's the thing. It is extremely difficult to play a team, regardless of who is at quarterback, three times a division rival, play them three times and get that final win in the postseason. It is extremely difficult. And the Buffalo Bills game, Miami Dolphins game proved that earlier on Sunday. This game, the Bengals and Ravens game on Sunday night, proved the same thing this week. And I have to say, not only a a tip of the cap to both the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills in that game, because the Miami, Miami Dolphins could have easily just folded up their tents in that one and just really got steamrolled. And they took that one all the way down to the wire. And the same thing could be said about the Baltimore Ravens. There are some things in this game that I did not like from the Baltimore Ravens. However, as the game went on, the chippiness kind of subsided and it just became a hard fought game between two teams that are familiar with each other, two teams that have good defenses and two teams that just were really scratching and clawing their way to a potential win. It came down to the wire and the Bengals ended up victorious. I, 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 again, I want to just really give a a little bit of a tip of the cap to the Baltimore Ravens for their, you know, extremely high effort. And obviously they didn't have their starting quarterback, a lot of different things. There were some things in this game, especially early that I did not like. And if you check my Twitter account, you can go find the one situation I mentioned, namely the Marcus Peters, I don't know what that was. Punch to the ribs to Joe Mixon while he's on the ground. Kick uh, elbow to the groin. I don't know what that was. That was the one area where I go, oh man, this is just carrying over from one week later. But thankfully, for the most part, that stuff didn't really take over most of this game, or at least wasn't really the talking point. It just it really was about two teams really trying to find their way and get a win as best they could. And Again, credit to the Baltimore Ravens, and I, I think this is a good point to bring up the <clears throat> excuse me the box score here because there was a game plan and a blueprint for them to win this game, and they basically went by that blueprint, and that blueprint was being followed for most of this game, and they uh, unfortunately just came up just short. And here we go again, though. <laughs> The Lamar Jackson list Baltimore Ravens always hover around that point total, 16, 17, 18 points. That's, that's been their point total ever since Lamar Jackson has not been in the lineup. And we can have a whole, a whole different episode here about, you know, what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Is he going to be a Baltimore Raven? What are they going to do? Was this a little bit more about the contract, all that kind of stuff. There are a lot of other people that are much more well in tune with the Baltimore Ravens, namely our guy, Justin from engraven vids and the guys, Glenn and James over at 410 sports talk, who we had on this last week that could probably tell you a little bit more about that. But the bottom line is when Lamar's not in the game, 17 points, that's, that's been the norm in terms of points scored by them. And you look at this though, this is pretty much what you wanted from Tyler Huntley though. 17 of 29, 226 passing yards, 7.8 yards, two touchdowns. He did have the one egregious interception early, only two sacks, a 92 rating. I mean, that's, 
and then you get another 54 yards rushing from him, right? Including a 35 yarder. That's what you want. I mean, that's that's close to 300 yards from scrimmage from a backup quarterback. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of for the most part what you wanted. That uh, a pretty high completion percentage for the most part. I mean, you would take that, and then and then you bring in Dobbins, who did not play last week, sixty-two yards on thirteen carries, almost five yards per carry, and he's also, oh by the way, forty-three yards there, so over, um, over a hundred yards from scrimmage there, one touchdown receiving, so his impact could not be overstated there, and then you've got you know a couple of decent runs from Gus Edwards, twelve carries, thirty-nine yards, etc. But um, you know some of the guys. That that either sat out last week or the guys you thought were going to star in this game ended up coming back and playing pretty well. Mark Andrews, five catches, 73 yards. I think that was the most in the postseason for him by against any team uh, in terms of yardage there. Uh, the five catches on 10 targets, though, that tells a little bit of a story. Uh, just not, not only maybe a little bit of inaccuracy from Tyler Huntley, despite the decent day, but also just you know, the Bengals clamping down on him in some regards. Demarcus Robinson, 49 yards on two catches, including the 41-yarder where he broke open. I believe it was Eli Apple in the coverage on that one. Two catches on three targets. I mentioned J.K. Dobbins, uh, four catches on 43, uh, excuse me, four catches for 43 yards in the touchdown where he reached the ball across and it kind of, I mean, it, it was, oh man, that one was close. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you would expect that the receiving yards in general, not high volume from one particular player necessarily. I mean, obviously you would think Mark Andrews, and that was the case. He had the 73 yards on five catches. But, I mean, you're not getting 100-yard It's There's a lot of pass distribution here from the Baltimore Ravens, whereas not so much the case from the Cincinnati Bengals. Only five different receivers caught passes and it wasn't the, I mean, it was efficient and it, for, from Joe Burrow and whatnot. I mean, 20, 23 of 32, 209 is efficient. Um, but, you know, you look at, you look at some of this stuff, you know, a touchdown, one interception, four sacks. Uh, he did have the 99.6 quarterback rating. So you like that, but uh, you know, it was, Jamar Chase, nine catches, 84 yards, did have the touchdown early. Hurst, four catches, 45 yards, really wanted him to have kind of that statement game, did have the fumble, but had a couple of nice catches later on after that. Higgins, I mean, this, this for better, for worse, is kind of what we expected against this Baltimore defense in terms of offensive output by the Cincinnati Bengals. It just, it's tough sledding against this team and the Bengals just found a way to do it. And, and, and again, I, I don't like some of the stuff I saw from the Baltimore Ravens early in this game. Marcus Peters kind of given one to the ribs to, to Joe Mixon and obviously the week prior and all that kind of stuff. But I credit them in a number of ways because number one, they were playing with a backup quarterback and number two, they played a game where it was like, Hey, this was exactly the type of game we wanted to play. And for, I would say the better part, of, I would say the second and third quarter, this was the Baltimore Ravens style of game that they wanted to play. They were running the ball and, and it was predictable. It was like, Hey, we're running the ball. <laughs> it may be kind of gimmicky. It may be different how we're doing, you know, gadget plays, that sort of thing, but we're going to run the football 
and we're gonna and then we're gonna utilize play action off of that and try and get effective passing plays off of that. We're gonna utilize that and go from there. And everybody kind of knew it, and they still were relatively effective with it. And the game, as you can tell, was seventeen to seventeen going into the fourth quarter. And of course, that lone seven was that Sam Hubbard recovery for a touchdown and it was logan wilson leading the way 10 total tackles had the forced fumble that was (laughs) i mean he just kind of just volleyball spiked it out of tyler huntley's hand and it was probably a quarter of a yard a half a yard short of the end zone at that point he was moving forward spiked it out of there it popped on out of there as this team just seems to always do it's lar- it's largely been linebackers and and secondary players and Logan Wilson again just kind of goes up there when when you think there's a big gain or a big play that's going to occur the Bengals defense comes up with a forced turnover. I mean go back go back to the Kansas City game this year and you can look at uh you know Bates and Pratt combining for a big play against Travis Kelsey who had a big gain on a catch and as he's kind of surging forward, gets stripped from the ball, fumble, recovery, changes changes the outlook of that game. This game, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a tie football game going in, you know, in the fourth quarter there. And Huntley's looking to score, jump jump over the pile for, in, into the end zone. Complete game changer of a play. Uh, just completely. And I just want to point out, I mean, Jermaine Pratt had a nice pass defended there early. I mean, I mean uh, later in the game, man, he got his hand way up there and got in there. And then B.J. Hill, a very active night, a sack late, um, and then also a quarterback hit. But Akeem Davis-Gaither, a couple of really nice special teams tackles. Of course, the interception early that, that uh, helped change kind of the complexion of the game there. Really nice ball game from him. And then Zach Carter, you saw Chris Collinsworth call him out a couple of times, a couple of nice plays here. He has seemingly bulked up uh, in terms of his body type and all that kind of stuff. But man, he made a couple of nice plays. You won't see it in the tackle for loss column or the sacks column or anything like that, but it's kind of more like run stuffs and different, different things like that. A couple of nice plays by him. Hubbard, of course, the big, big, he had one quarterback hit and, of course, the one touchdown on the fumble recovery there. So uh, DJ Reader in there, Jay Tufele doing a couple of nice things. Cam Taylor-Britt, one of those rookie days where there's some good, some uh, let's forget about that type of thing. But, uh, again, a guy that shows a ton of upside and a guy that I think has a, a bright future for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joseph Osai in there unlimited snaps and of course he gets the the quarterback hit and pass defended that was the play where they almost like ruled it <laughs> they almost ruled it like a, a, a forward uh, you know a fumble that was forwarded and a guy got forward progress weird weird play obviously as you watch the replay definitely not the case there but uh, uh this was a tale of two defenses and offenses just kind of taking what was there and what's what's interesting to me is a lot of folks kind of said hey the Baltimore Ravens were going to win this game it was going to be on a defensive touchdown type of situation and yet here we are talking about the Bengals and their defensive touchdown winning this one here and again I I can't stress this enough this with a backup quarterback this was always the point threshold right here 17 points 
for the Baltimore Ravens scored. That was always the point threshold there. And you knew if the Bengals scored 20 plus that they were going to, you know, they're going to end up on the right side of things there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I am really worried about what Rob Duncan says here. And we'll get to a couple of other things here with, with as it goes with box score and drive summary and just kind of stuff like that. But, oh, man. Unless we get some good news from Alex Kappa, which looks like that may be more, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but uh, as it goes with the Cincinnati Bengals, but Super Bowl last year made it past the wild card round this this year, and uh, obviously a tough draw next week. We'll talk more about that with the Buffalo Bills and other things like that, but oh man, you lose Jonah Williams here. Now, look, I know Jonah Williams was not when you look at sacks given up and quarterback hits and all that kind of stuff was not having a great year, but when your left tackle, your starting left tackle goes down along with your starting right guard and your starting right tackle. This was an offensive line that has four new starters on it in terms of late last year and starting early this year, four new starters. And now you are looking at essentially, I mean, a brand new offensive line, three new starters for the postseason at this point, because I, I that injury to Jonah Williams looked pretty ugly. I don't want to, you know, we don't have a lot of news on that. I don't want to speculate, but man, that did not look great for him. We don't really have an update on Alex Kappa and when he's going to go back. And then, of course, Leo Collins, the right tackle, gone for the year. So you go, oh, man, who's on the bat phone? What? It, <laughs> where do we go with that? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, Rob brings up a good question. What about Prince? That, that might be somewhere where they want to go. It's so tough for me because I really want and hope that Jackson Carmen succeeds in some capacity for this team, not only because of the upside and where they drafted him and all kinds of different things, but it's just, it just hasn't been there. And there, the problem I see with Jackson Carmen is rep to rep. That pendulum just goes, it's a wild swing. It's a wild swing. He can be absolutely dominant. Uh, as we say, and go go look when he was the extra tackle last week against the Baltimore Ravens when he got that got involved in that scrum 
on the sideline. He could be absolutely dominant when he wants to be, but when his technique is bad and when he faces kind of premier rushers, it's uh it's it's tough sledding. And there were some some bad reps tonight, a couple of decent ones, but there were some bad reps too, and you just go, Oh man. Um not a great night for a lot of the young players tonight. And maybe that's just because again, division rival, tough game. Uh, you know, Dax Hill, God bless him. I mean, he had three big penalties tonight. And so, so, and then you look at Jackson Carmen, a young player, not great for him. Um, you know, like I said, I, I love Cam Taylor, Taylor Britt, but a little bit up and down there a little bit, but he's starting to steady himself as a, as a starting corner there. So I have a lot of confidence there. I have a lot of confidence in, in Dax Hill as well. And I, I'm hopeful that Jackson Carmen's going to kind of right the ship there, but they're from, you know, from rep to rep, it, it's a, it's a wild swing of what are you going to get? What are you going to get? So uh, exactly. Uh, Rob again, Rob, you and I, buddy, you and I uh, has had some amazing plays and nothing. So uh, <laughs> Brandon, you're doing it. You got to go check out my guy, Bengal Jim's last show. He had Andrew Whitworth on, and uh, Andrew Whitworth is not going to come back to the Cincinnati Bengals. He has he has much love for the Bengals. Uh, I don't think that is part of the equation. What I wonder, what I wonder, where's Deontay Smith in this equation? Uh, what do you do with Max Sharping? Someone else here asked about Isaiah Prince. You know, is there some sort of configuration that you do? But the the more you move guys around and do different things, the more the communication and the cohesion uh, has some problems. And you looked at Joe Burrow had four sacks tonight uh, on him. And this is, this is what was the narrative last week, or excuse me, last year in the postseason. This was where it was, you know, he's getting hit too often. He's getting sacked too often. And so four in the opening round is is too much. But again, we're talking about no right tackle, no right guard. Now, midway through this one, no left tackle. And by the way, Jonah Williams playing against the Baltimore Ravens this year has not been kind because the very first matchup he that was a game where he sprained ligaments and dislocated a kneecap and all kinds of gross stuff and played through it all year gutted through that and so now I, you know it's anybody's guess so uh i i don't know i guess i gotta shout out this guy right here all right this guy my guy antoine this guy uh was sort of in town in my area and we, we connected and uh, I hope he had a good time hanging out with some friends and some family members of mine. I got to hang out in person with this guy, Antoine Malone. Great guy. I love this guy. I'm hoping we can watch more games together. We met up in Vegas in uh, for the draft and uh, man, good dude. We had some fun. We got to celebrate the win there. Antoine, you're the man. I'm glad you got home. Okay, my man. And so uh, hopefully we get to hang out more in the future uh anyway just wanted to give him a shout out i was going to give him a shout out at the end of the show but he ended up making a comment here so i had to had to give him a shout out and anyway antoine you're the man i'm glad you got home back uh, back home safe my friend and uh let's let's do it again at any rate that you know so andrew seiler here says you know cam taylor Britt and eli look bad yeah i mean yes and no 
it was just kind of I feel like tonight was what I what I witnessed from the Baltimore Ravens offense and this is kind of what I expected and what what they wanted and that was death by kind of a thousand paper cuts right um it was just like you know dump off to the back opportunity like the play let, let, let's talk about the play where the the snap goes over Huntley's head he's able to recover it and make a play out of nothing out of that so there's some of that stuff where you go wow you know how how frequently can that actually happen um and, and it it credit the Ravens athleticism the awareness of their quarterbacks and all of that um but it's just not some of that stuff was not normal stuff and then it was just kind of a lot of you know dump offs and just like you know that little nine yard gain or that little ah, you thought you had him and oh man just uh i don't know so i i chalk a lot of this stuff and the difficulties up to it just being a divisional game it being a game where you go oh man like I, I just not stuff that you normally see. And, um, you know, I kind of look back again to the bills and Miami game and you go, man, that, that was a game that should not have been that close. When you look at it on paper, who's starting, who's not, et cetera. And I don't know. Yeah. Right here. We want a slobber knocker, the old AFC North slobber knocker. And again, I don't like some of the stuff I saw from the Baltimore Ravens, particularly early in this game in terms of after, after the whistle stuff, but you got to credit them for, I mean, I said it to my guy, Antoine, when we were watching the game, it's like, man, this, this was the exact game they wanted to play. And when you saw it for in quarters two and three, you're like, man, this just, this is not looking good for the Bengals. And they just needed that one big play, that one play. And of course that play was the forced fumble at the one yard line of Tyler Huntley and the recovery by Sam Hubbard for the touchdown. All right. Let's kind of just talk a little bit. Um, just, I guess I'll go real quick over the drive summary here, and then we'll we'll talk about a couple other things and get out of here. But uh, again, this is from ESPN. I, I don't know if this really shows you too much, I guess, but uh, obviously the Bengals, look, I mean, look at this early. And, and this is what I do love. Despite the missed extra point on this touchdown here by Evan McPherson, you come out and you get points. Love that. And then you get a turnover. Absolutely love that. And instead of settling for three or what, or punting the ball away, you get the touchdown. Love it. That was about as good of a start as you could potentially ask for by the Cincinnati Bengals. Ravens respond well. And this was that drive that just was, I called it the death by a thousand paper. I mean, this is unbelievable. 17 plays to get the touchdown, 17 plays for 75 yards. Ugh, that one was just like, oh man, it, it felt like the Bengals never got the ball back. And then when they did, lost fumble, led to a field goal, and then you've got the end of the half. All of a sudden, Ravens are winning 10 to 9. You go, what? Bengals get a nice stop to open it. Then it's touchdown. The Ravens respond with a touchdown to tie it. And then here you go, right here, the fumble touchdown. That was what eventually sealed it. And then you got a bunch of ugly punt 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 to end it as well as the downs there uh turnover on downs by the Baltimore Ravens but again the Bengals started off pretty hot would you like to would you like to see there um and 
when this team had problems capitalizing on red zone opportunities last year in the postseason, you like to see that they're able to not only get a turnover and capitalize on those red zone opportunities this year, especially against such a tough defense. You really, really like to see that there. So um, I, I dig on that. I will show you this, and this this kind of shows a little bit of disparity in terms of stats for the teams and whatnot, at least in certain aspects. And, again, this is from ESPN here. You can check this out. But, man, I mean, the Bengals had less first downs. You'd see the same amount of passing first downs. If you were to say Tyler Huntley would have the same amount of passing first downs as Joe Burrow, wouldn't have expected that. And then you see 10 to 5 doubled them up on the rushing first downs. Cincinnati much better on third down, though, 7 of 13 as opposed to 3 of 11 for the Ravens, and then uh, 2 of 3 for the Ravens on fourth down. More total plays for the Ravens, um, more, much more total yards for the Ravens, about 130 yards more. Uh, one more drive by the Ravens, more yards per play by the Ravens. I mean, it, it, it really just kind of teetered their way a little bit, time of possession. And then you look at uh, even look at the penalties: four penalties for thirty-six yards, seven for forty-two for the Bengals, uh, four sacks against the Bengals, two against the Ravens. It really just kind of came down to that. Uh, I mean, when you look at it from a macro perspective, it really kind of just came down to that Sam Hubbard return for touchdown, um, and, and you know. I don't want to say like, hey, that's okay. You're playing a backup court. But I keep going back to this is a divisional game. This is a team you've played three times. You have to find creative ways to beat a team that you've seen twice already. You have to. And you have to – this team with this defense, the Ravens, you have to figure out different – you just have to make one more huge play than they do. And that's really what happened. Again, I really, you know, I credit the Cincinnati Bengals and what they did and stuck through a lot of different stuff. Um, I credit the Ravens in a lot of ways in terms of how they, you know, the blueprint that they came up with and trying to stick to that. And they largely did. And it, it, it nearly worked. Um, I didn't like some of the after after the whistle stuff, particularly early, but that really calmed down later in the game. So in that respect, I, I you know, I kind of respect exactly what they did. But, man, um, it, it really and I said, look, I said this too. I think it was to the 410 sports guys or uh, somebody. Else. This, this to me was perhaps one of one of, if not the toughest opening draw for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and that doesn't mean that the Baltimore Ravens are a better team than say the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs or anything like that. It's that familiarity. It's that emotion that comes with a, a divisional game. It's all of that. And that's where I say, man, I, you know, that's that's where the, it makes this one really tough Sunday night. I, I put out a tweet earlier, and I wasn't the most popular guy about it, but the Cincinnati Bengals were one in eleven on Sunday night football platforms. Now, granted, that's kind of also the the playoff Saturday night. You know, when you're talking about oh, they played Houston Texans in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But one in eleven on NBC since they took over in 2006. And so th- there's all this stuff where you just. Uh, and this is why I love this team. This is why I love Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and just what their mindset is. It's like, dude, let's we're getting past all that stuff. It's rear view. That stuff doesn't matter. Um, we're we're, we're kind of carving a new path right now, and I like all of that. 
So in that respect, you got to like that. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals move on to the divisional round. And oh, by the way, (laughs) they get to play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo in this next round. Now, a little, some, I don't know if you want to call it like wrenches in the works or whatever, but just some different paths here, especially with what happened Saturday night. I'm going to pin this here. This is a kind of the recap and all that kind of stuff, but it talks about facing the bills in the divisional round. That'll be in Buffalo. Uh, You did not. Well, I mean, maybe some expected the Jags to take care of business against the chargers, but especially when you saw that game go 27 to nothing, I don't think a lot of people figured that was going to go the way it was going to go. But uh, so the Jaguars now move forward and uh, they will play the Kansas city chiefs. The Bengals will play the bills. And the only way obviously in that regard that the Bengals would be able to host an AFC championship game would be if the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Kansas city chiefs in Kansas city and the Bengals beat the Buffalo bills in Buffalo. That would be the only way they're returning to pay course stadium this postseason. Otherwise, you know, Bengals win and Kansas City wins are going to Kansas City. And, you know, there's, well, there's all kinds of stuff to, to navigate there. But uh, <laughs> regardless, um, and then, of course, you know, Bills win and, and Chiefs win. There's the, the neutral site thing and, and all of that. But that is where the Bengals would be able to host a playoff game or it, rather the AFC championship game is if they win in Buffalo against the Buffalo Bills and then the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. We'll see. But again, it's one game at a time. One thing at a time. This is just yet another... This this win is yet another feather in the cap for Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and all of that. Uh, you know, what they've done... Uh, Joe Burrow, I think I think I put out was five and four in primetime playoff games, and and Taylor was five and five. I think is what the record was there, and then obviously that improves the game because of this win here. And so the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, uh, it's it's kind of a funny thing. I mean, obviously we're stoked about it, and and we're excited for the team, and they're excited about it. But uh, based on what they did last year, it's kind of like, hey, this is. This is the standard now, right? The standard is the standard to to steal a Mike Tomlin phrase. You know, the standard is the standard and the standard is now we're getting playoff wins. It's division titles. It's all of that. We're marching our way to the Super Bowl. So we'll see what the Bengals do. A huge game coming up against the Buffalo Bills. And I think this is exactly how the NFL would have drawn it up. The Cincinnati Bengals getting a rematch from the unfinished game a couple of weeks ago against the Buffalo Bills, this time in Buffalo. Buffalo, it, it's hard. You know, I, I would, I, I said this at the top of the show that I think a lot of Bengals fans before this game was played tonight against the Ravens, they're saying, hey, Buffalo's vulnerable. They, you know, did this and that against the third string quarterback and this and that. Could possibly be, I haven't looked, but maybe the same thing is being said about the Bengals on the Buffalo side of things because of what they did or did not do against Tyler Huntley on their home field. So a lot of give and take and back and forth with this, obviously these franchises are very intertwined for a lot of reasons. 
the most recent not being the most fortunate of circumstances, but uh, hopefully this will end up being yet another kind of iconic NFL playoff game that really the last couple of playoff brackets have given us. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys coming up tomorrow night. Interesting one there. Obviously you got Tom Brady in it. Their team does not look all that formidable. However, the Dallas Cowboys just, they win games, but man, they, they also stumble in inexplicable ways. So we'll have to see exactly what happens there. But uh, at any rate, yeah, I mean, unknown. this is the big one. Our, our own line is going to be a huge issue. When you look at who the Bengals potentially are facing going forward, and I'm looking largely AFC, of course, and I don't want to get put the cart before the horse and say, oh, they're going to beat the Bills. They're going to, but let's just say the Buffalo Bills they they have a good defensive front, but obviously Von Miller not being there that changes the complexion of things there. So they can still get some things done up front. Von Miller not being there that's that's going to be huge. And then when you look at the week after potentially if the Bengals do end up taking care of business against the Bills, they face the Chiefs, maybe the Jaguars. Um, Jags have some, you know, edge rush capability and whatnot. The Chiefs definitely with, uh, you know, uh, their defensive line, they can get after it. But here's the thing, even last year with a an inferior offensive line, the Bengals have been able to get past that. They've been able to weather that storm and, and get a win. So, and this team seems to be better than last year in a lot of different regards, despite the the issues on the offensive line. So um, that is kind of where we're at. Hey, do me a favor. Go subscribe to this guy's channel, Justin from Engraven Vids. I talked about him at the beginning of the show. I'm not great at what I do. This guy right here is. um, And like I said, man, uh, not only is he a gracious guy, a great guy, he runs a great channel and all of that. Does a lot of Baltimore Ravens talk, obviously, and that's, what we like to uh, we we like to hear about what's going on there, but obviously also does a lot of NFL chat and stuff. So uh, Justin, you're the man, dude. I appreciate you tuning in, my friend. And uh, like I said, respect in, in a lot of ways. Respect to uh, how this game turned out, and respect to the Baltimore Ravens for putting up a big fight despite not having Lamar Jackson. Go to Engraven Vids though on the YouTube channel. He's got like I don't know seventy five thousand because he kills it on his channel. Go subscribe, man. He's a good, he's a good dude. All right. Well, that's going to do it. God, we're, we're like at 2 AM here, Eastern time. I hope you all are still uh, partying, celebrating, whatever you got to do. Next week's a biggie. This week was a biggie. Next week's a biggie. They keep just getting bigger and bigger as they go on here. Bengals just made kind of one, one or two more plays than the Baltimore Ravens, quite honestly. And one of those plays ended up being a defensive touchdown. And that was the difference this week. Bengals beat the Ravens at Paycor stadium, 24, 17 to advance on to the divisional round and face the Buffalo bills in Buffalo. We'll see what happens there. We've got a ton of coverage coming up this week. We will bring you all kinds of stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed last week where we had Ken Anderson, by the way, you can win some cool, cool swag. If you donate to the Ken Anderson Alliance and subscribe to our channels right down here, whether it's our YouTube channel and our Cincy jungle podcast channel, do that, submit some, uh, some proof for that. And we'll 
we'll get you in a drawing for all kinds of cool stuff. So um, anyway, look, uh, you know, the Bengals just keep winning games. They're ninth straight. And to do so against the Baltimore Ravens is a big feat. Um, Here we go. Divisional round, Buffalo Bills. And we've got a lot of stuff coming at you this week to help you get going. I appreciate all of you. I'm a little tired and it's only like 11 my time. Some of you, it's someone from France here. I think it was Matthew early earlier said it was seven 30 in France. Some of you are chilling with us in the Eastern time zone. I'm hanging with you. I'm tired, but Hey, uh, I'm celebrating with you also. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the orange and black insider and part of the Cincy jungle podcast channel. Get it how you can on your favorite audio streamer and uh, subscribe to the channel. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, we'll be back with more. Take care.